You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has closed its doors for another day, so it's time for the five o'clock shadow. And as always on a Thursday, it's the double-headed dream team edition tonight. David Shapiro, Sassman Securities in Johannesburg. And we also have Viv Govender from Rand Swiss. Relatively quiet day it started out. And since, Dave, I'll start with you, David. Since the R market is coming towards the close, I just noticed the earnings from the United States just being taken in a little bit by market participants. And the, the, the U.S. coming under a little bit of pressure. Yeah, you know that we continue to hear um, warnings about recession, you know, warnings that that, uh, results are going to come under pressure. So it's been this ongoing, almost drip torture of, uh, you know, from from most of the big houses about uh, impending recession, what that's going to mean for corporate earnings. And it's also been supported to an extent by some economic data. The housing data is uh, is weak, and and you can understand why with rates going up, and also the labour market. I think the claims starting to increase. But yes. uh, to be to be fair, Lindsay, Mar- I, I think that against this pressure, markets have actually held up pretty well. You know, um, it, it's there's nothing supportive for the market at all, other than the results which have been robust. But I'm saying I've I've been surprised at its uh, robustness. We'll come back to the the JSE as well because there was lots of strange things happening towards the end. But let's you know I'll give okay. Uh, well, we'll, we'll come to, to that. Uh, yeah, to Viv. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll go to Viv now because Viv, you like you like all things tech. You're the same as David in in that you you find it incredibly interesting. And in David's case, he invests in it quite a lot, and you probably do too. But I just yeah. want to look at one company. It's been a terrible week for Elon Musk. It really has been. <laughs> I mean, he's he cuts the price of his cars, which I think is disrespectful to the people that bought one six months ago, the full price, and now they're looking and saying, wait a second, I could have got it 15% cheaper and he's cutting prices again and his share price I think fell 7% early dealings or overnight and that dragged down a few other tech stocks but also the SpaceX rocket this giant rocket that he's sending somewhere it it just blew up did you see the live footage of it no yeah, but the rocket was expected to blow up. It's uh, oh. it's the first time they're running it with all these engines. Yeah, you yeah, know, if the, 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 this was testing the launch pad and it getting off the launch pad. So once it cleared the launch pad, it was basically you see at the end they all were cheering. So that wasn't the issue. Oh, but okay. actually, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, look, uh, the thing with this is that, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. He has the Tesla call. He has the rocket launch around about the same day. Look, with Tesla, you know, uh, I, I always am amazed that people are, are worried about the share price going up or down because it's making fewer cars or bigger margins on cars or whatever. Because if you think this is a car company and you're valuing it as a car company, mm. this is massively overvalued. There is no way a car company that makes this many cars that has this margin basically should be worth this much money, you know? Uh, half a trillion dollars for a car company is not a, a thing. When you have VW and you know Toyota and GM and all the other car companies you could buy for less than this amount combined, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the the only way you value Tesla as this valuation is because you believe in the AI tech story behind it that you can have driverless cars and you know uh, humanoid robots. Literally, that's the only reason you'd buy Tesla. If you think Tesla is going to be making money on the electrical vehicles enough to justify a half a trillion dollar price tag, they would have to make every car in the world at a higher margin than any other car company in the world, and still would struggle to justify it. Quite frankly. Okay, so it's not it's not a car company. I think it's, I think we yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Viv's right. I mean, it's it's more about the technology. But I think what worries me, and I'm not a Tesla shareholder, I haven't held them. And but uh, I think I think this is an industry where more and more competition is coming, 
and that will challenge him. You know, that will challenge them. And I'm talking the big companies. So I'm concerned that he's not going to be able to maintain that kind of competitive edge uh, that he had. You know, yes, he was a pioneer in this area and credit to him. But I think that uh, more and more, you know, there, there are more cars, more other cars coming on. And each day we get a new launch or a launch of some new model from one of the big manufacturers and that. So I, I'm, I'm concerned, you know, that uh, he's going to find much tougher competition as that industry expands in the time ahead. Undoubtedly, yeah. yeah I mean, just, yes, just a good idea, right? Uh, if you had to look, for instance, at, uh, you know, I mean, Tesla is worth half a trillion dollars, half a trillion dollars, right? The market cap of Toyota, mm. okay, is basically about 30, 30 billion, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and, and Toyota makes way more cars. And if you look at VW as well, the, the VW market cap is a fraction. It's, it's about basically 70 mm. billion euros, Okay. Uh, you add the two of them together, they're worth 20% of, of Tesla's valuation. Mm-hmm. And they make not just more cars, they make multiples more cars than Tesla does. There is no way you justify this price. by yeah, even, if the, even if every other car company will fail, Tesla can't be worth as much money. It's just too high uh, in terms of uh, its valuation. Okay, but just let me ask you this question before we get off Tesla and make it brief for whoever wants to answer this. Can you therefore apply normal rules to valuing the company? I mean, David and I and um, Joanne Bainham had, Viv had a, a conversation about how to value companies these days and David didn't like PE anymore. So you obviously mm-hmm. can't apply PE ratios, David or Viv. To, to well, Tesla. David, you go first. Just on that, we have to look at the technology. Is it so unique? If it's unique and it's going to change uh, and it's worth buying, yes, maybe you can pay a higher PE. But I don't think Tesla's got that advantage anymore. It might have it in battery, te- battery technology, but I think a lot of other businesses are catching up and spending billions or millions, whatever it is, uh, to – you know, in research to kind of compete and on facilities and that. And that's my, my big worry. Yes, if the company's got some unique research uh, or, or unique product that's going to make it a market leader, I'll go for it. But I don't think – I think Tesla's losing that. I think just in, in a year or so, this is, a, this is an area of the market that is rapidly expanding. I'll come back to you. We, we can, I just had a very interesting presentation today on on something on um, solar panels Lindsay, yes. and it's the same kind of thing uh the advancement that we saw and these were experts it was a lovely presentation mainly for um, um for, for retail malls you know and for buildings and that and you can't believe the progress that has been made and the question i asked hold on a sec you know can we upgrade the ones that we had no You've got to replace them. So it's, uh, you know, whatever you had is kind of almost redundant. And you can't just take an old panel and put a new one. There's wiring and a whole lot of issues around it. So I think that in the electric vehicle industry is going to be similar to that. And it's a thing that that you must ask Wayne about. He's always, uh, 
he's always brought that up. You know, that the second hand one, the second hand, <laughs> your second hand electric vehicles are not going to be much worth much, you know, other than to drive a lawnmower or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, I should certainly ask him that uh, next week. Right. Let's get back. Let's get back to the JSC. Now, Viv, we've had some more anemic numbers coming out of the South African economy this week. We had CPI. It was ticking up. That wasn't anemic. Actually, that went in the wrong direction. Only by 0.1% to 7.1%. So stubbornly high. And retail sales ticked down, not by much, just by half a percent. But it sort of, it indicates that there is at best stagnation, at worst, uh, a ticking down of economic activity. Oh, yes, well, sorry. Uh, just one correction. Uh, sorry, uh, uh, Toyota's market cap is about $200 billion. Oh, there you go. Uh, GM is about $40 billion. So, But we can add GM, Toyota and VW, they're still less than Tesla. Yeah, the CPI number, <laughs> most depressing thing, and you know I always talk about this, and it's it, it sounds like a broken record, but it's important. It's the fact that food inflation is going at 14%. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, 14% food inflation. This is food and non-alcoholic beverages, okay? Uh, biggest increase in 14 years, okay? It's a, it's a weird coincidence, 14% in 14 years. But still, it's it's, it's a huge, huge uh, contributor to CPI. 2.5% of the 7.1% is basically this, uh, you know, Basic proteins like milk, eggs, and cheese are up 13.6%. Uh, you know, uh, even like, you know, staple like, uh, you know, bread and cereals up 20%. Uh, these, are, these are all terrible, terrible numbers. And, and the reason I bring it up is that, you know, of course, in South Africa, with the situation we have at the moment, uh, it's, it's causing trouble uh, throughout the country, and not just in terms of like, you know, obviously the human suffering. But I mean, I think a lot of the strike action you're seeing, a lot of the, uh, you know, industrial action that's being threatened right now is because people often in South Africa, as you know, have, you know, large dependent groups. So one worker, maybe he's not just part of his own immediate family, but his, you know, siblings or his parents and that kind of stuff. Uh, and this impact is working its way through. And so you're finding, you know, the strike action or the, the higher price, the, the wage increases demanded by at ESCOM and some of the, it's called the, like, you know, Arsenal Metal and so on. And I think that's feeding off this high uh, food price right now. Okay. I just want to point out one thing. There's a third world country uh, just um, off the coast of Europe. It's called, uh, it's called the United Kingdom. They came out <laughs> yeah. with their third yeah. double digit inflation <laughs> annual increase uh, this, last week. Sorry, this week. 10.1%. Previous month, 10.4%. Previous month before that, also 10.1%. And they, and the, Jeremy Hunt, the Chancellor of the Exchequer, keeps on saying, we're going we're gonna to halve it this year, don't worry about it. Well, I think people are worried about it. And when you talk about food inflation in South Africa, Viv, food inflation in the UK, which gives it its third world status, 19.2% um, year on year, that is staggering. Look at the United States inflation down to 5%. What is going on in Europe and the United Kingdom? I don't know. Can anyone explain? Viv, I'll stay with you on this one. Okay. Uh, there's, I mean, if you watch, the, again, uh, uh, a weird little show, you watch the Clarkson's Farm Show. Yes. And he goes through, and, and it's great because it's, it's you know, he's, he's crass and whatever, but he does give you a very good understanding of how the farmers are dealing with things at the moment. And, you know, with the EU regulation gone, uh, the incompetent government in the, in the UK, which you have to say is incompetent, yes. was supposed to merely step in and replace all the subsidies that were going to farmers, right? And to the entire industry to make sure that they kind of stayed the same. They didn't do that. They didn't put the legislation through. Also, at the moment, what's happening is that there's a shortage of workers because a lot of the guys working on the farms, because obviously, you know, in the UK, it's not exactly the most glamorous job, uh, were foreigners. And these guys are leaving, you know, because of the whole uh, EU thing. Uh, so there's a shortage of supply and basically 
a shortage of income coming in. And you have this, I mean, he, he had a little case where he was talking to all these little farmers in his area. And, you know, people were like in tears because they had lost everything. One woman was basically making 11 or 12,000 pounds a year. She runs her own farm, a massive institution. She just can't pay herself the legal wage because she just, you know, doesn't have the money for it. And she's, you know, uh, surviving on nothing. So, mm. yeah, uh, in terms of that, uh, but one thing I must understand as well is that in Africa, we spend a lot more of our income on food than, say, for instance, in uh, you know, other parts of the world. Twenty-two percent of uh, of our income, for instance, in Africa, is just spent on things like you know meat and fish. Twenty-two percent of on, is spent on like you know the proteins. That's for poorer households. That's that's a shocking number. About roughly about a third of our income in total is towards food. You push that up fourteen percent. You know, that's a big, big difference in your life. Yes, it really is. Okay. Uh, talking about retail sales, David, uh, Clicks came out with their results this afternoon. Uh, share price doing nothing, but um, what did you make of them? Not a hell of a lot. <laughs> I, you know, it's, uh... David, back to retail sales. Clicks came out with their numbers this afternoon. Uh, market just said, okay, yeah, fair I... enough. It hasn't gone down. It wasn't, it, it, nah. it, it's not really reflecting the retail sales environment. So maybe it's defensive qualities shining through. Well, it is defensive, but this is a company that kind of led the way in the retail sector and I think is battling to keep up with its past image. It's a very steady performer. I've got um, I think it's very expensive for the kind of earnings they're now producing. Um, this was a company that it did exceptionally well during lockdown simply because it sold uh, beauty products, and uh, um, those are the products that everybody sought. Um, it's got the pharmacy, so very well placed. But I, but, but I think at 10% kind of uh, earnings um, increase or, or the, they've adjusted it for for some of the insurance that they received last year but i mean if you looked at the adjusted number 10 percent, that's very modest relative to where they have been and uh but it's 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 uh continues to be a defensive play and you know we'll always produce good numbers for the beauty side of it for which it is well known but i think the the excessive growth that we saw seems to be coming off i you know i it could be a reflection of the economy. I don't know. But it's relative to these numbers. Um, I don't see it looks expensive. Okay. Uh, this is the old question, and Viv, I'll, I'll pose it to you. Discam or clicks? Neither, if I can, quite frankly. Uh, the problem at the moment is, and I think maybe if you had to go and choose, if you had to, clicks probably. Mm. Uh, look, they're spending a lot. They obviously have a lot of faith in South Africa. They think about a billion rand into more capital expenditures. They're opening like 50 new stores or something. Uh, the, but, I mean, they talk about all the improvements they've made and then it comes on to the fact of the matter is that disposable income is down. So mm. you could be as nice and as efficient as whatever you want to be in your economy, but if disposable income is falling and that's kind of what you depend on, you know, you're going to have a very tough period. If if the economy turns around, if we have a, you know, a, a deduction in load shedding and who knows what happens there, uh, you know, economic growth turns up and so on. Yeah, they're placing themselves in a great position because they're taking market share, they're, they're increasing their, their footprint, all great things. Uh, but right now, I mean, you've got to be you know, quite optimistic to think South Africa's economy yeah. is turning around anytime soon. Okay, so you wouldn't own either of them. And David, briefly, just... You know what's yeah. interesting about this one as well? I look, Lindsay, without, you know, I love to look each day at the market and try and read companies. And there are a couple of old favourites that are just starting to let me down. The one is Capitec, and we can talk about that. I don't want to. Yes. I don't want to introduce a new conversation. No, but no, there no, was yeah. something in the, you know, you know, there was something in the results that said, oh. oh they're not who they used to be. You know, suddenly 
uh, factors are catching up with him. And clicks is another one. The same, this, this share went, I always say, from the bottom left hand to the top right hand for the last six, seven, eight years. All of a sudden, it hit a level and slowly it's starting to wind its way down. You know, you can see it. Lo- what I'm saying is you can see it losing its rating. Um, and that's because they're not maintaining the kind of growth that they used to and, and issues are starting to catch up with them. So it reached the peak. I, d- I don't know when it was. Let me just look here. This was around about uh, October last year. Well, okay, well, let me do that. Let me do, let me do another cough. And yeah. You can come in and say around about October last year. Hold on. <clears throat> okay, David, start with um, around, about, <clears throat> around about October well, last year, please. Well, okay, so it actually reached the peak or was at its peak at October last year. And subsequent to that, it's just been losing ground and falling. And I think that's in line with the weakening trend that we're seeing in the economy. So I think, you know, while, while historically this has been a very, very good investment, I think, uh, and, and they continue to grow and they continue to do well, the share price is slowly derating, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, or might be fast derating. But I think it's, it's just in line with some other, you know, with the same kind of businesses that, that you know, with, with Capitech. Um, I've seen it in a number of other businesses as well. All right, David, I'll stay with you on this one because we're with the JSC. And you mentioned earlier on in the interview that there's been some funny things going on at the close there on the JSC. I like funny stories. Please tell us both. When I I say funny, on Tuesday, we couldn't explain this explosion in uh, tech shares. I'm sorry, platinum gold shares. Yes. We saw at uh, around about the closing hour of trade, suddenly platinum shares going up, gold shares. And today... The same thing happened. At 4 o'clock today, which is an hour before the close, we were in negative territory. Suddenly, you know, as at literally on the when the clock struck 4, uh, the buyers came in, started to push up um, Anglo Gold, Goldfield, Sabania, Anglo Platte, and Northern, pushed the market into uh, positive territory. Now, what's intriguing me is that this is not on very high volumes. It's on aggressive buying. In other words, the people buying them, whoever is buying them, is buying them aggressively. But not a lot of trade is taking place. And, you know, today I, don't, I haven't looked at the volumes yet. I haven't looked at them. But, you know, that, that they're in those low levels of, yeah, not even – we didn't even get to 20 billion today, you know, up about 16 billion. And, um, and you know, there was hardly much trade in those shares. So um, I don't it, – it's a second day that this – or second – not second day in a row, but second day that this has happened this week. Very aggressive buying from whatever source. I don't know where that's It sounds is, as but, though because uh, of the timing, David and Viv, mm-hmm. um, at mm-hmm. 4 o'clock, it seems to me it could be, could be the American traders or, or rather investors uh, come in. Why would a South African investor – a local investor, mm, or even yeah. a UK investor, which because we, we're in almost the same time zone. Why would they wait until four o'clock to get it going when you know they can they could ease the order in all day? I don't know. Viv, have you got any view on this and on commodities in general? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I would have thought that was true if we saw the US market opening very strongly and therefore they bought up our market. But these S&P is down half a percent or so. So they are going into a negative day. They generally would not buy into an emerging market at the end of the day. If they are going into a negative day, the sentiment wouldn't work in that favor, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've seen, for instance, oil prices come down quite dramatically over the last little while here. So uh, I don't see a real commodity story around them uh, that, that's arguing, you know, 
this is what mm. you need to be buying at the moment. Uh, gold is just hovering at about $2,000 an ounce, which is, again, you know, a little bit off the highs. Uh, and the dollar ad, you know, also doesn't justify it at the moment, you know. It's 18. So all those factors together would not make me think that the Americans right now are just you know, wanting to buy, you know, South African stocks. They don't just go together, quite frankly. No, yeah. I think it's specifically gold and platinum. It's a, it's a hand mm. for those shares that I mentioned seem to be the ones that are being demanded. So it's one particular buyer or, you know, someone coming in, accumulating a big stake. Now, I have to tell you, and Viv, you might be able to explain this, is that um, in the closing auction uh, in Goldfields, about 190 million traded. So there was heavy trade in the closing auction in, um, you know, in, in, in Goldfields and also in Anglo Gold as well, some 210 million in Amplats, so a lot of trade took in, in Amplats, 128 million in the closing auction. In Impala, it came to 133 million in the closing auction. So, uh, you know, this is all at the end. So, um, what all, all I'm not, I'm not saying that there's anything, uh, untoward, but there, there appears to be some very aggressive big orders, um, mm. in those particular, someone accumulating those that just kind of does, I, I'm not saying it does any harm, but it certainly pushed us into positive territory from what was a negative day. Very good. Yeah, but we came down to the auction. The auction was a down tick, you know. From yes, the, from it was the, a down tick. It was yeah. a down tick, but I mean, still, um, obviously, some local sellers came in or someone hit them on the yeah. on, 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 on the bid, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's so, have a look at the markets now. The rand's nice and strong. The dollar has fallen uh, nearly 0.9% against the local currency, 18.02, that exchange rate. British pound against the rand, 22.44. That's a fall of three quarters of a percent for the pound. And the euro rand, 1977.8% down for the single European currency. Euro dollar, 109.70. Uh, so the rand strength uh, does not, uh, cannot be attributed to, to, to dollar weakness. So I don't know what's going on there. Maybe money coming in from the foreigners that might have been buying um might have been buying platinum stocks i don't know um okay commodities now 2002 is the gold price up seven dollars the uh, platinum price up 37 dollars here we go again uh, 11 uh, 11 10 dollars an ounce and palladium um, barely changed at 16 11. now uh, do you remember david a couple of weeks ago after the opec plus meeting over the weekend mm-hmm. uh, we yes. said right it was uh, the oil price mm-hmm. went mm-hmm. shooting up to 85 we're 86 short? we're no. going short <laughs> of it yeah okay no. well for once in my life uh, i get it right 80 dollars 94 <laughs> at the moment uh, down 2.6 percent for brent crude and west texas crude 77 dollars 21 also down 2.6%. Natural gas prices 2.6% weaker. So the whole energy complex coming down. Wheat prices falling 1.5%. Uh, steel prices down nearly 2%. So things going on in commodities. Uh, US 10-year Treasury bond yield, uh, very dull, 3.54%. South African 10-year holding holding stubbornly above 10% yield, 10.07, I've got. <coughs> S&P 500 futures. Uh, they're coming off their lows. Uh, 40, uh, no, they're not actually. 41.57 uh, down half a percent, as Viv said. And Bitcoin, what is that doing? 28,702. So there we go. Yeah, uh, uh, nondescript, non sort of nondescript day. But I will yeah. say that when I'm reading uh, an article in one, in one of the newest. Um, one of the US papers, it said, um, or websites rather, it does say that uh, the markets are still range bound. It's as simple as that. 
And uh, you said that you, you can say as much as you like, up 2%, down 2%, whatever. The fact is, S&P is stuck almost mid-range from, yeah. what, what is it, um, 3,200 up to 4,700. You remember, Nick always used to quote the volatility index. Now, yes. I wouldn't know volatility from volatility, whatever it is. I have no idea. You know, I don't trade in that. But all I do know is that volatility apparently is is very, very low at the moment, suggesting yes. that there's no insurance being bought and it, it just confirms what you're saying. Maybe Viv's, he's got the fancy Bloomberg screens and he's got mm-hmm. all of those things, so he can actually tell us where the volatility index is. It's about 16.94 at the moment. 16, 1.6. 1.6. And, and you look back, uh, like basically the 30th of March was the last peak. It was 26. Uh, and you look back basically to October last year, it was sitting at 32 mm. uh, or 33 rather. So it's basically coming down dramatically. And strangely enough, the market is is bouncing off the resistance level. At, you know, if you look at the technicals for the S&P, you know, uh, quite often. And it's, it's, it's really not finding any kind of direction from that point of view. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, the world as crazy as it is, as it is right now. You'd think that there'd be a bit more you know, excitement happening, but... It's not. Okay. Uh, in, individual stocks today, Tungela up uh, 6.4%. Northam's just over 2.5% better. DRD Gold also 2.5% up. Exaro, another digger, 2.2%. And Barlow World, not digging, but um, digging deep to uh, put in a 2.2% gain. On the downside, Hammerson, 4.5%. Uh, Textana, 3%. Mondi PLC, has lost two and two thirds percent. BHP Group down two point three, and Alphamin two and a quarter. David, any of those? I know you look at lots and lots of no. shares. Anything yeah, outside those, of those? Those are the main the main features today. I'm just looking at perhaps some of those outside of uh, um, Roy. What's it? RFG, which is the food company, up five percent. Astral up three and point three percent as well. Lipstar. These are all food companies up uh, 2.9%. So among the, uh, uh, you know, among the gainers. Um, on the other side, Grimrod shipping down 7.3. And Mix, I never understand Mix Telematics. It's all over the place, down 5.3. Because tomorrow it will be up 5.3 and the next day, who knows. Mm. But um, just some of them. Okay. Um, some the- others outside of the big ones, yeah. Good, thank you. Um, you'll give us the... Actually, let's go for the closing indices, David, and then I'm going to mm. update mm. Uh, Viv mm. on a conversation that we had on Tuesday about one of his favourite new technologies. But go for the indices yes. first, please. At the moment, the all, well, the Aussie ended up 0.11%, 78883. And I'm saying this because it came from a very over... Uh, uh, from a negative position. Um, the top 40 closed flat almost, up 0.06%. Um, precious metals, because of those gold and platinum shares, up 1.03. That's that index. Financial steady. You know, the bank index up a half a percent. The overall financial index up a half a percent. And then on the consumer discretionary side, sorry, in, in, industrials flat, literally up 0.01. But if you look at the consumer side, that was up uh, about three quarters of a percent. Many retailers sprung back to life as well. And uh, there again, they're all over the place. But today was a positive day for them. Very good. Okay, I'm going to ask the last question, but not before I do this coffee. <coughs> Thank you. Right, uh, Viv, on Tuesday, David found a new toy. Or rather, over the weekend, he found a new toy. 
called Chat GPT. And the story is <laughs> that he had to do a presentation this week and um, the, the Chat GPT wrote it for him. And David, just take over from here about the accuracy right. of the information that you received. Mm. Yeah, we're probably repeating something that I'd said on Monday or Tuesday. Yes, you are, yeah. But, but, but what, what I, I was looking for five points in my presentation, which uh, went around, you know, the uh, strength of the U.S. dollar, why is it as strong as it is? And then the other was around electric vehicles, uh, the use of artificial intelligence. And I specifically said, well, how's it going to help one industry like the medical industry? And there was one other, I can't remember the, the fifth question I answered, I had my presentation in five minutes. If, yeah. if, if, when I say five minutes, I'm not lying. I promise you. And I can read it to you now. It's four to five pages beautifully. Okay, it gave me topic by topic. I've got to bring it together. But each specified the points, and they were well thought out. At the end of each, at the end of the points, it was summarized, you know, into a closing paragraph. And I, I was knocked out. Now, yes, it's taking reading that we've done. But it, it helped me. You know, I didn't have to go and search for the sources or anything like this. It went into whatever it does or however it does and gave me exactly what I was looking for literally in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, Viv. But, Another devotee. No, but, yeah, my wife, actually, I introduced to her about two weeks ago when she came out because her industry, I'm not going to say what it is, but in her industry, this is going to have a huge impact. And I wanted to basically have a discuss that with her, you know, uh, her employer and stuff. Yeah, I introduced it to her like a couple of weeks ago. I said, look at this thing. It's been two weeks. Today, she sent a letter to her school. She wanted to go and see for her daughter. And she wrote the email with ChatGPT. Two weeks. Okay, uh, right. But but here's the thing, and and here's what 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 you guys are going to understand. In fact, uh, you know, I'm actually when I when I'm going to so convinced about this. I'm launching a new fund based on this, basically, uh, an AI fund, uh, because I think this is probably going to be in our lifetimes the biggest thing we're going to see for the rest of our lives is this particular technology, uh, and. Uh, there's a weird thing, like for instance, like Google Bard, you know, they never taught it Bengali, right? It didn't right. work up the Bengali thing, but somehow it learned Bengali. Good Lord. It, they, don't, they don't know how it did it. It learned another language. And, and basically, someone asked a question in Bengali, it responded in Bengali with their alphabet and everything. And they never taught it. And then it wasn't even fed off that thing yet. Somehow it had figured out with almost no information how to speak Bengali. Uh, there's a new stuff coming out right now called Auto GPT, where you could say, like, David, I want to go to, like, you know, uh, you know, New York for this thing. Yeah, I want to go with my wife. We need to go see these kind of things. This thing will go on the internet, find the sites that they tell you the budget you would need, and basically give you a selection of reviews on the restaurants you want to visit and whatnot. So you can pretty much have a schedule built up for your trip to New York from this thing, including a budget, itinerary, uh, you know, everything. The speed yeah. at which this is working is... Well, I, 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 I have to read a poem. It says, Viv Govinda, a name renowned in the world of finance where he's crowned. The top fund manager with a keen eye, investing wisely, he'll never deny. With a, sharp, with a mind sharp as a racist edge, he navigates the market without any pledge. A master in his craft, a true virtuoso. His investment strategies always precise. Sorry, but <laughs> well, okay, sometimes it gets things wrong. It sometimes it gets things wrong. <laughs> it's not accurate 100 of the time. But but uh, I've got to say, 
No, from our <laughs> point of view, look, look as as where we are right now, okay, uh, David, this. yeah, like you know, Lindsay as well. Uh, <clears throat> look, I, I honestly suspect for the next twenty to thirty years of of, of the global economy, this will be what the phone was. This will be what the internet was in ninety-five till now. Oh. Because that's been the internet run, you know what I mean? Mm. It's 25, 30 years of the world being dominated by internet companies. And if anything, it will be bigger. Uh, th- this is going to be the defining uh, tech trend or development economic trend for the rest of our lives. And um, that's like, I'm, when I see a trend like that, I jump on the bandwagon uh, and I'm launching a fund on it. But yeah, but yeah I, I honestly do believe we are going to be seeing this. Uh, but what, what yeah, is being, you are. Viv yeah. Govender, Viv Govender and Raymond Echoes. <laughs> the fund manager whose wisdom flows investing with him a sure bet. For he's yeah. a true master, you can never forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no human can write that, that fast. No human can be that fast. No, it's, it's very scary. Okay, the, the task for uh, Viv and David, if possible, uh, the task for next Thursday when we're together is to find out the stocks that you can take advantage of AI, of AI yeah. uh, how yeah. you can take advantage of it. There must be some stocks that are all, like little companies bubbling under, feeding the AI, uh, the AI, um, uh, uh, family. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. It may be not an, an, an outright AI company, but something like an, an AD, um, ADM, the, the Dutch company. What's it called, David? ASML or ADML? ASML. ASML, yeah. ASML yeah. ASML. yeah. yeah. They're, just, they're, just, they're feeding the tech industry. Maybe there's a company that does that. I don't know. There must be some way to take advantage of it investment-wise. There is, there is. But, I mean, it's companies like Accenture that you don't think about. Accenture yeah. is going to make a huge, I mean, MIT research came out and said there's a 40% improvement in white collar productivity. What does Accenture do? Yeah. White collar consulting. They could have a 40% improvement in productivity. Yeah. yeah. Okay, very good. So that's your homework for the week. Um, and I will speak <laughs> to you next week, dear gentlemen. Uh, David Shapiro is from Sassman Securities and Viv Govender, the, I don't know what the first line of that poem was, but it sounded, um, sounded very flattering. Uh, name renowned. <laughs> name renowned. <laughs> is from Rand Swiss, and that was the five o'clock shadow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.